for someone to give you a costly gift and for you to neglect it and not make use of it would be an insult. Let's say someone buys you a set of expensive cookware, top of the line restaurant quality, but you never take it out of the box. You just keep using an old bent, scratched up set that you bought for $3 at a garage sale. Or suppose somebody gives you a Rolex watch because you're always asking what time it is. But you just throw it in your junk drawer and keep asking everybody what time it is. To be given a costly gift and ignore it, neglect it, not make use of it is an insult. I want you to think about something tonight. If you're a Christian, you've been given a gift that is more valuable, more precious, and more useful than anything money can buy. You've been given the gift of divine communication. What do I mean? I mean, you've been given the ability to communicate with God and for God. You've been given the ability to hear from God. The ability to speak to God. And the ability to speak for God. Priceless gift. But let me ask you, are you making use of it? Are you using the precious gift that's been given to you, this gift of divine communication? Or are you neglecting it? Are you ignoring it? Have you failed to make use of such a precious gift? Our scripture tonight is Mark chapter 7, verses 31 to 37. If you remember, Jesus and his disciples have journeyed into Gentile territory. Partly they're trying to avoid further conflict with the Pharisees and with Herod. Partly Jesus is taking time to teach and train his disciples. But in the process of this journey into Gentile regions... He demonstrates that his mission and his ministry is not only for Jews. In Mark 7, 24 to 30, we looked at last week, Jesus granted the request of a pagan Gentile woman who demonstrated great faith. Even though she was unclean in every sense of the word, she came to Jesus in faith and found mercy. Well, today we see Jesus' encounter with another Gentile, this time a Gentile man who is deaf and mute. Please stand as we read the Word of God together. Again, he went out from the region of Tyre and came through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee within the region of Decapolis. They brought to him one who was deaf and spoke with difficulty, and they implored him to lay his hands on him. 
Jesus took him aside from the crowd by himself, put his fingers into his ears. After spitting, he touched his tongue with the saliva. Looking up to heaven with a deep sigh, he said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was removed. He began speaking plainly. He gave them orders not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them, the more widely they continued to proclaim it. They were utterly astonished, saying, He has done all things well. He makes even the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. You can be seated. My goal tonight is twofold. One, I want to help you see and understand what an incredible gift divine communication is. Secondly, I want to plead with you not to neglect that gift. To make use of that gift. So here's where I want to start tonight. I want to start in saying you need to understand the gift of divine communication. Understand the gift of divine communication. There's something you need to realize about all of the miracles of Jesus, including the one that we're looking at tonight. They tell us more than may appear at first glance. Jesus' miracles show us, one, that He is the Christ, the Son of God, but they also show us what He came to do. For instance, when Jesus casts out a demon, we are to learn that He is the Christ who has the power to drive out the evil that resides in every one of us. When we see Jesus heal the lame, He's showing us that He is the Christ who has the power to heal the brokenness caused by our sin. When Jesus raises the dead, we are to see that He is the Christ who has the power to give life to those who are dead in sin. These miracles are more than just meets the eye. So when we come to this story, we meet a man who is deaf and mute. We're to understand that his disability represents a much larger problem that all people suffer from. If the only lesson you get from this story is that Jesus can restore a man's hearing and speech, you haven't really gotten the point. This man's problem pictures a much larger problem that we all have. And here it is. The problem is an inability to communicate with God and for God. The problem is an inability to communicate with God and for God. We might say it this way. People are spiritually deaf and mute. I want you to notice the description of this man in verse 32. Some people brought to Jesus one who was deaf, and watch this, spoke with difficulty. In Greek, that's a single word. And it only occurs one other place in the entire Bible. 
And it's in Isaiah chapter 35, verse 6, where it says, the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. But you need to understand, in that passage, Isaiah is speaking more of a spiritual inability than he is a physical inability. We can see it very clearly in other passages in Isaiah, like this one. Isaiah 42, verses 18 through 20. God is speaking to and about Israel. Listen to what he says. Hear you deaf, and look you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, speaking of Israel, or so deaf as my messenger, again Israel. Who is so blind as he that is at peace with me, again his people Israel. Who is so blind as the servant of the Lord. You have seen many things, but you do not observe them. Your ears are open, but none hears. See, God is clearly talking about a spiritual inability, not a physical inability. He says, you have eyes that see, but you don't see spiritually. You have ears that hear, but you're deaf to my voice and my commands. Now, in Mark 7, Jesus is dealing with a man who is physically deaf and mute. But what I need you to understand is that the real problem Jesus came to deal with is not physical hearing or speech. No, no, no. The real problem that Jesus came to solve is a spiritual one. See, this is the real problem that humanity has. Sin has robbed people of the ability to hear from God and speak to God and speak for God. As has been famously said, we have here a failure to communicate. In 1992, I traveled to Bulgaria with the music and missions team that I was privileged to travel and sing with and do ministry with. Well, obviously in Bulgaria, there's a language barrier. We couldn't speak Bulgarian and they couldn't speak English. We had one interpreter for a group of about 25 of us. The problem is at night we would stay in different homes and there was only one interpreter, which meant only one group had an interpreter. The rest of us were left in a home with people who couldn't speak our language and we couldn't speak theirs. We would just have to get by the best we could for the night. Now, one of the instructions we were given every time we traveled overseas was you eat and drink whatever is set before you. And here's why. These were poor people. They were giving you the very best they had. And for you to refuse it would be both hurtful and insulting. So no matter what you were served, you were to be polite and eat and drink. Well, on one occasion, some of the members of our group were served goat brains still in the skull. As luck would have it, the interpreter was in another home. Which means no one could explain to this woman that Americans don't eat that kind of stuff, especially not still in the skull. And we wouldn't dare offend them. 
So it looked like we would have our first taste of goat brains. At the last minute, we were rescued from a date with Upchuck by an American missionary who happened to live in the area. She was there and she explained to the cook and the people at the home that this is not something that was acceptable to serve to us and they, nobody was offended, thankfully. Can I tell you, the inability to communicate can be a real problem. Never is that more true than spiritually. You see, you and I were created for a relationship with God. But at the heart of a healthy relationship is what? Communication. Humans were created to hear and understand God. We were created to talk to Him. And we were created to proclaim His goodness to others. In other words, we were created for divine communication. But mankind's fall into sin separated us from God. Sin killed humanity spiritually. Now, as a result of sin, people are born dead in sin without the capacity for divine communication. You remember how often after Jesus tells a, a parable, what does he say? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. That's the problem. People in their sin don't have ears to hear. Sin has robbed people of the ability to hear and understand the Word of God. Sin has robbed people of the ability to live in ongoing communion with God through prayer. Sin has robbed people of both the desire and the joy of proclaiming His goodness to others. In other words, sin has robbed humanity of the gift of divine communication. But, Jesus came to restore our capacity for divine communication. You may remember in verse 32, I pointed out to you this word spoke with difficulty. And I told you it only appears in one other place in Isaiah 35. I want to read this passage to you. But before I do, I need you to understand what's going on in this text. Through the prophet Isaiah, God is encouraging His people by telling them what He's going to do in the future. What God is describing is the kingdom of God as it will be under the reign of the promised Messiah. Listen to what He says in Isaiah 35 verses 4 through 6. Say to those with an anxious heart, Take courage, fear not. Your God will come with vengeance. The recompense of God will come, but He will save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf will be unstopped. The lame will leap like a deer. And the tongue of the mute will shout for joy. See, Mark is referencing this 
passage from Isaiah and what he's trying to do is get you and I to see that Jesus is the one who has come to make this prophecy reality. Are you with me? Mark's trying to say to us what God has promised to do in Isaiah 35. Jesus is here to do. That's why he uses this same word that only Isaiah uses one other time. Jesus has come to unstop the ears of those who are deaf to God's voice. He has come to loosen our tongues to praise God. That's what Mark is trying to communicate to you and I through Jesus' encounter with this deaf mute. Well, let's look a little closer at Jesus' encounter with this man. In verse 33, we see Jesus takes him aside away from the rest of the crowd. Just Jesus and this man and his disciples. Jesus puts his fingers in the man's ears. What's he doing? Remember, this man can't hear or speak. Jesus is using sign language in a sense. He puts his fingers in the man's ears and removes them to, to indicate to the man, I'm going to unstop your ears. Then Jesus spits on his fingers, which we don't understand, but in their culture it would have been understood. Saliva was often used for different things like that. And he touches the man's tongue. Why? To communicate to the man, I'm going to loosen your tongue. You see what it says there? After spitting, he touched his tongue and looking up to heaven, he, he said, and he said, be opened. His ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was removed. That word removed speaks of change, being unshackled. It's like he was tongue-tied and Jesus is telling him, I'm going to untie your tongue. So using what we might call sign language, he communicates to this man, I'm going to unstop your ears. I'm going to loosen your tongue so you can speak. And then we see Jesus looks up to heaven. Why does he do that? Remember, the man can't hear. He wants the man to know that the power to do what I'm fixing to do for you comes from God. It's the power of God. And then it says Jesus sighs deeply. He wants this man to know that he feels for him. He wants this man to feel his compassion. So again, he sighs so this man can pick up that Jesus feels his pain. Then Jesus speaks a single word. It's an Aramaic word. Ephratha. Be opened. Look at verse 35. And his ears were opened. The impediment of his tongue was removed and he began speaking plainly. Jesus healed this man physically. Okay? But his real reason for coming was much bigger than that. What, we're, what, what, what Mark's trying to communicate to us is this is a picture of what Jesus has come to do for humanity spiritually. He's come to give a gift much bigger than physical hearing or speech the gift Jesus came to give isn't the gift of human communication Jesus came to give the gift of divine communication he came so that those who don't have ears to hear can hear 
so that those who have been robbed of the ability to communicate with and for God can once again have that ability. Here's what I need you to see. Jesus gives the ability to communicate with God and for God. Do you see what I'm saying? Jesus heals a, a man who's deaf and mute. But what we're intending to see through all this is that ultimately His goal is to loosen our ears and tongues spiritually. Now, if you look at verse 37, I want you to notice what the people say about Jesus. He has done all things well. He has done all things well, that sounds a little bit like Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Jesus, uh, God said this after he created Adam and Eve. He saw it all and said, it's very good. What's Mark trying to tell us? Mark wants us to see and understand that Jesus is restoring mankind to the condition He was in before the fall. He's bringing mankind back to the place when they could speak with God and hear from God. And they were unashamed to talk about God and to tell others about God. He's taking us back to the days when men and women could communicate with God and for God. In, in our age of technology, there has actually been technology invented that can in some cases give deaf people the ability to hear. I watched one particular video of a woman who was fortunate enough to be one of these people who was, could receive this technology. The video captured the moment she was able to hear for the very first time. Everyone in the room was dead silent. They turned on the technology, the device. Then her boyfriend knelt beside her, opened a small box, and said, Will you marry me? And her face lit up. She heard every word. First word she'd ever heard in her life. What an amazing gift. But that's nothing. That's absolutely nothing compared to being able to hear the voice of God. You understand? Being able to hear birds sing and being able to hear good music and being able to hear the voice of a loved one is wonderful. It's a priceless gift. But nothing equals the gift of being able to hear the very voice of God and communicate and have conversation with the very Creator of the universe. Listen, that's what Jesus has given us. Jesus came to restore our ability to understand and believe the Word of God. The very Word of God. Do you understand 
We are saved because Jesus opened our ears to hear and understand the gospel. We can open God's word and we can hear His will for us. We can hear His voice. We can open the scripture and listen to the voice of God and become more and more like Jesus as the scripture continually renews our minds. We can learn more and more about God so that we grow ever increasing in love for God and joy in God. Listen, Jesus came to restore our ability to hear and understand God's Word. And He came to restore our ability to live in ongoing communion with God through prayer. We can voice our love and gratitude to God knowing that He hears us. We can cast our every care on Him as 1 Peter 5, 7 says. We can confess our sins and receive His confession forgiveness as 1 John 1 9 says we can ask for his help in every circumstances we can seek his wisdom and direction listen we can talk to God we can listen to God and Jesus came also to restore to us the desire and the joy of proclaiming his goodness to others We can tell others about the wonderful things God has done for us and in us. I wonder when's the last time you told somebody about all the good things God has done in you and for you, is doing in you and for you. We can tell others the good news, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, I need you to understand, Jesus came to restore your capacity for divine communication. What an incredible gift. Once we understand the gift of divine communication, our response should be obvious, shouldn't it? We should use the gift of divine communication. First, I want you to understand the gift of divine communication. Next, I would say to you, I want you to use the gift of divine communication. In verse 35, we see this man. His ears were opened. What does that mean? That means now he can hear. Listen, once Jesus touches our ears and gives us ears to hear, we should use them. What does that mean? That means listen to God. Listen to God. Don't miss an opportunity to sit under the preaching of God's Word. Come prepared to hear from God. Come with your Bible in your hand. Come with your sins confessed. Come prepared to take notes. Come expecting God to speak to you. Take some time and effort to prepare yourself to sit and hear the voice of God through the preaching of His Word. You should spend time in His Word every day as you read and meditate on the Scripture. Don't just read it and close the Bible. Read it. Think about it. Write down what you're learning about God. Take note of what commands and what promises you see. Listen, Jesus has given you 
the ability to hear from God, use it. Use it. It's a priceless gift. Don't neglect it. In verse 36, you see the people continued to proclaim what Christ had done. That's the same word used for preach, by the way. This, despite the fact you may have noticed that He gave them orders not to tell anybody, but they went and told everybody anyway. Now here's a question. Why would Jesus not want them to tell anyone? Huh. Why would He, why would he want them to keep that a secret? He's done something wonderful. Here's why. Jesus' miracles can only rightly be understood after the cross and resurrection. Let me explain what I mean. Before the cross and the resurrection, the picture is incomplete. They could tell about Jesus' amazing ability to heal broken bodies, and they did. But what we need to understand is that Jesus ultimately came to rescue people from sin and give life to their dead souls. Those people only had part of the picture. They could only see Him at that time was a miracle worker and maybe the promised Messiah. But they couldn't see what He was really all about. It was only after the cross that who He is and why He came becomes clear. Do you understand what I'm telling you? These miracles, to really understand what they signify, you have to look at them after the cross. It's not that Jesus didn't want people to know about Him, but it's He wanted them to know the whole picture. Are you with me? He didn't want them to misunderstand, get a partial picture that would mislead them. Picture a teenage girl. She's on the phone with a boy from school and this boy has a crush on her. Big time. And she says to him, I, I like you, but only as a friend. What she doesn't know is that right in the middle of her speaking, his phone cut out. And when it cut back on, she was through speaking. All he heard her say was, I like you. Stop. She only got part of the message. He, he only got part of the message. And now this girl has a problem. Because what she was trying to say, he heard just the opposite. You with me? When a message delivered is incomplete, it's so easy to get the wrong idea, to be misled. And when the message of Jesus is communicated incompletely, it's so easy for people to get the wrong idea. You understand what I'm telling you? That's why Jesus told them, don't go telling everybody about this. But after Jesus died and rose again, did he still tell them, don't tell people about me? No. This is what he said after the cross.
Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now it's not don't tell. Now it's go tell. You see the difference? Now that the cross and the resurrection has happened, people can get the full picture of who Jesus is and why He came. So now, He wants people to proclaim. And since you and I are after the cross, our command is not don't tell. Our command is go tell. He's given us the ability to speak for God, telling others of His goodness. No longer are we to keep silent. We are to speak for God. Listen, we should all make it a regular practice to tell others what God has done and what He is doing in our lives. That should be a regular practice for all of us. We should be in the habit of talking to other people about the goodness of God. Tell people how good He's been to you. Share the story of how you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Pass out the gospel tracts that we provide for you here. Learn to tell other people how they can know about Jesus. Listen, you've been given the ability to tell others about God's goodness. Use it. Jesus has given you that ability so you would use it. Listen to God. Speak for God. And look, you ought to speak to God. If you look at verse 37, it says, He has done all things well. Well, that's really what we would call praise. They're giving Jesus praise. And praise is one of the ways that we speak to God. Expressing to Him our love and adoration. Listen, we ought to speak to God. We have this grand privilege because of Jesus, we have God's ear 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You should adore Him in your prayers. You should confess your sin to Him in prayer. You should thank Him in your prayers. You should bring your requests before Him in prayer. You should pray alone. You should pray with your family. You should pray with your friends. You should pray at home. You should pray at work. You should pray at church. Pray when you get up in the morning. Pray before you go to bed in the evening. You have been given the ability to talk to God. Use it. By all means, use it. After Russell McAllister's funeral recently, we had a meal for the family at, in the fellowship hall. As I usually do, I was making my way around the room speaking to people, and I approached two ladies and, and I asked, could I get you ladies anything? And one of them said, a phone call to heaven. I, I tried to be sympathetic and I just said, I, I'm afraid I can't do that. Heaven doesn't have telephones. Right? We know that. 
you can't communicate with your loved ones who have gone to heaven. Oh, you can talk to them, but they not they can't hear you. You can't communicate with your loved ones in heaven. What I'm telling you tonight is that you can do something far, far better than that. You can communicate with the God of heaven. With the one who is enthroned in heaven. You can listen to and talk to the one who has created everything from nothing. You can have a conversation with the one who gives you life and breath and everything. You can have intimate, personal communication with the one who loved you and sent his son to die for you. Do you hear what the word of God is saying to you tonight? Jesus gives believers the gift of divine communication. So use it. Let's pray.